Because of the coronavirus epidemic and to respect social distancing guidelines, this episode of Civil Politics was recorded remotely over Zoom. Good evening, and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP, 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow. I'm doing the show tonight with John Roberts and Sue Timberlake. And uh, Hey there. Hey. Um, as uh, we wait for the theme music to, to finish up, well, we want to talk about... Um, uh, the murder of Tyree Nichols by police officers in uh, Memphis, Tennessee. Um, Mr. Nichols was just laid to rest, I think, yesterday. Um, so uh, I, at the risk of being overly maudlin or whatever, I just um, I want to take John Moore's suggestion. We're just going to take a moment of silence here at the top of the show for him. Rest in power, Mr. Nichols. Um, may your memory be a blessing to all who knew you. So, um, John, I know you have a lot to say about this. I just want to get the out of the way the thing I like to say at the top of every show. We love to hear from our listeners uh, about gravely important topics and sad topics like Mr. Nichols' death or, you know, happy, fun things, whatever. We'd love to hear from our listeners. Um, and you can get in touch with us in a few different ways. Uh We've got a community, facebook.com slash civilpoliticsradio. You can tweet at civilpoliticsfm uh, on Twitter, or uh, you can uh, just email contact at civilpoliticsradio.com, which is, of course, our dedicated website, which has uh, recordings of previous episodes of the show and supplemental episodes and other good stuff. It's definitely worth your time. Uh, you should check it out. So, genre, uh, the floor is yours, sir. Genre? I hate this. I hate it so much. Another another black man has been murdered. Thankfully, the cops have been uh at least charged with the with the crime. Well, five of the police officers who were um involved directly in the really the torture of this person who mm it was a traffic stop jesus yeah <laughs> it was a traffic stop and <laughs> funny funny enough we're recording this um you know we re- usually record this on zoom and uh we're talking about this and just as i said it's a traffic stop there was a there was a police car outside that like whooped its siren i'm like jesus are you serious right now? Do you know what's going? Anyway, they they I, heard you say it. Yeah, I'm like I, Jesus. <laughs> there, there is an element of deja vu in this, which is particularly appropriate because we are recording this on Groundhog Day. You know, there's the the lather, rinse, repeat. It's uh, well, it's just yeah. horrible. Um, it's not yeah. just horrible. It's horrifying. It's disgusting. Yes. And yep. um. And it's another excuse or another, um, not excuse, another example of the police just being horrible or just being horrifying. Yes. It it just, and I want to say, like, one of the most important things about this situation, Mm -hmm. all of the cops 
that were um that were arrested and indicted black Mm -hmm. they were all black there were um white cops that might have been involved or just that let it happen but the people that actually attacked and brutally beat this man um to death to death and gave him 71 orders throughout the throughout the the time that they were beating is beating beating him had to catch myself um and some of the orders were give show me your hands show me your hands when he he was handcuffed Mm -hmm. he was tased he was stomped on he was hit with batons they were all black and whenever we whenever we read about uh a like police brutality which is you know often um especially now that people carry cameras in their pocket wherever they go uh and in this case the police department had uh had video which side note are you serious like you know you're being recorded what is wrong with you you know like you're gonna commit a crime and there's evidence on your chest anyway so (laughs) the but every time we hear about it like read about it like um the uh, the news says this person who was black was killed by this police officer who was white. And I'm like, OK, yes, there is a racial thing going on because like there's over policing in black areas. There's um, there's racist uh, cops. There are like so many, so many racist cops, um, so many proud boy cops and three percenter cops, by the way. Um, but it's not just a racial thing it's a cop thing Mm. it's a cop thing this isn't like we would probably see more of this if there were more black police officers memphis is a very is is a very brown place so there are more brown cops there i'm assuming that's why and they still did something like this because cops and Every and I try, I try very, very hard to think about the 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 people that work in police departments that try to do a good job and try to uh, like just uphold the law and try to actually protect people and everything. But when this stuff happens and it happens way too much, I I I am I float closer to a cab and I don't like feeling like that. But this is what happens to someone like me who doesn't want to just paint with a broad brush. And I hope if any, if anybody that works in a police department, that is a police officer, either one, hears this because it's your job to stand up to people like this and not just sit back or not just ignore it or not just keep your head down. It's your job to do this because if it keeps happening, then you're going to lose support. It well, it we, has kept happening, and the cops have lost support. Yeah, so. but not enough. Not, no, I agree. Not enough but, at all. And the the thing is, this is the worst opening. This is the the worst um, season premiere of of uh, Black History Month. <laughs> I yeah. hate it. The writers keep doing this, and. They need to find uh, a new plot hook. I swear to God. The last time I really enjoyed the miniseries was when that uh, surprise ending, when uh, they tried to give the Oscar to um, 
happy feet or whatever the jazz <laughs> the jazz movie and they're la like la oh land. no what what was la it? la land but it actually la went la to they moonlight. try to give yeah. it to la la land and they're like oh no it goes to moonlight that was excellent yeah we need more of that <laughs> we need more of taking awards away from from white people and giving them <laughs> Well, <laughs> yeah. We, I mean, so the, like, for real, we had some... we we had the burial yesterday of um of of Mr. Nichols, Tyree Nichols, Tyree Nichols. That's his name. He had the burial of that, and we heard that um Florida has forced the College Board to reassess their AP class on African American studies. Yeah, they have taken out books by black queer uh people by people that have been inspired by crt by people that um talk about the black experience like there's they're just stripping it and all that's going to be left is like one maya angelou um poem and like the i have a dream speech that and it's because of uh florida's new policy about um how you can teach about race Mm -hmm. this is this is a national thing like this is the ap class that that gives you college credit so you can go to a university this is like affecting everybody so yeah i don't i don't really know what's gonna happen this month it sucks (laughs) i don't we know even the librarians in Florida are um they're worried about getting you know being legally charged for having banned books yeah. in the schools. There are and, schools um, no, libraries that are getting stripped bare because all the yep. all the books have to be reviewed. Well, and I I don't know if you follow the Northampton adventures. I know neither of you live in Northampton, but you're near Northampton, but they just mm. um voted to create a committee on reparations. And a lot of the questions are why Northampton, you know, uh, you know, Northampton isn't a very diverse city and mm-hmm. but it's, you know, it's a very uh, left leaning progressive and very focused on human rights. And, you know, this is this is how city council is spending their time at the moment. So sort of a, and trying to um, limit the number of cannabis shops. Interesting and enough. So, John, I have a question for you. I, yes. I heard a lot on the news. I heard a lot on the news about specialty units and the scorpion was the yeah, specialty this was the scorpion unit. unit. This is basically SWAT. Yeah. And the, and the new mayor had actually created them to solve a problem and she dismantled them immediately after this happened. Shocking. But do you think that that plays a role when you start to have these specialty units and not having, you know, community policing and people that have to be on the street? Yeah, are you, or, sorry. Are you asking me if, um, it causes a problem to have military police, like p- yep. police with military training. Yes, yep. <laughs> it who, does. Who aren't in the chain of command? They're who actually are, yeah. Who are their little special? Like there are, and I'm I'm going to admit this. There are times when you need a a a group of um, law enforcement officers to handle a an intense situation someone with a bomb or someone or or like a bank robbery that's like um with a ton of weapons or something but they should be few and far between and if it were up to me with my lack of experience with anything law enforcement 
<laughs> if someone was going to ask me, then I would say you need to have these people trained, but they don't get their own little unit. You just say, OK, these people are trained. And if something happens, then we pull them off their duty and then put them into like gear and whatever. But you don't need like an ATV, like just hanging out in the garage. You know? so keep them integ integrated into the unit, into yeah, the police I department. Mean, that's what I would do. But like I said, I'm not a police. I'm not I'm not a police doctor or anything. I don't know. Um, yeah. Like, uh, like, but, but it's a question. Yeah, just it. Th this whole militarization and um, this closing of ranks that happens all the time, and there were, and you know, the like the the these black cops were like arrested like almost immediately. That kind of puts me on edge too. You know, like anytime like the white cops do this, then it's like. Maybe we should investigate a little bit more. This is like the Black Ops, like three days later, boom, you know, which is good. Well, it's, I I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just Tennessee, Tennessee are loose. They they get reports from the police that day. They can't wait yeah. a month to turn in their, you know, they they. Good. So the mayor had some ability to do that. So, or the and, police chief. Yeah, I mean, it's good that they dismantled that. Um, I'm glad that the government is uh, limiting the amount of um, military grade uh, used weaponry and, and vehicles to police departments. They they stopped, like they slowed that process during the Obama years, I believe. Send it to Ukraine. Um, <laughs> You're yeah. even thinking about it. Send it to Ukraine. Hey, yeah. you know, we're, we're sending them tanks, so. We and Germany are sending the, are sending them tanks. Uh, Poland, I believe, too. But either way, and the, the UK, and the UK. Oh, cool. Um, mm -hmm. But the 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 fact of the matter is that um, th this isn't a like there are racial components, and there can be racial components with black police officers with black cops because they're trained with information that can be inherently racist. Like where they where they focus their their police policing where they focus their 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 like where they go and how they treat people and what they look for and everything that is not like uh, an ingrained white thing that is learned behavior and anybody can learn that behavior black people can be bigoted hmm. like yes they can yeah, god yes <laughs> talk to some talk to to some black dudes about like Jewish people. Oh, dang. Like that's, that's oof, you know, but yeah, this, and I, I know this is, this is, this is tough to hear for a lot of people. Um, but it's not it like the police violence is, is not racial. It is a, it is action by a group of people against people that look like me or that that are or look or just like an, another group of people it is um it's basically gang violence like it's not it's not like but the but one of the gangs has like the power of the state well and it's when you think people are other when any yes. group like some religious group versus another socioeconomic status versus another what side of town you live on versus another 
Yeah. It's it's when you start to see people as others. Packy sent me a link to a wonderful sermon about peace and war. And it was amazing. The um just the speech by this reverend and I I'm forgetting his name, so I apologize. But I'll I'll send you the link. But it's it's I was like, how do you even think about it? Because I come from mostly a military family. And it's when you start to think of the per- other person as other and dehumanize them that you can be, you know, they say some, there are some police that really enjoy stick time, as they call it. You know, they're very violent people and they don't belong in a uniform. But, you know, the people are very, there are people like that in the military too. There's, you know, some of the Russians. There's so many. And, what they're doing in the Ukraine, you know, they're, some of them are criminals. They just, you know, they conscripted them and sent them over there and said, go to, go to town. And, you know, when you do that, when you don't manage an organization, it's, it's sort of what happens. It's what's happening to McCarthy in the, in the house. He doesn't know how to, you know, isolate and eliminate the crazy tunes and the whole place is going to come apart at the seams. He just doesn't have the skills to, you know, to be able to, I'll call it manage it. But, you know, when you have a group of people that's running rogue, you're in trouble. The, the, the job of in the, like, if you join the military or you join law enforcement um, in, in, at any level, at any level, um, you are given a, a, a huge amount of power. You have, you're given the power of life and death. Um, and you are able to make the choice to kill someone or not to kill someone with, at the very least, reduced um, consequences. Uh, if a police officer shoots someone in the head and they can they can say like, oh, you know, they, they might have they can make an excuse and then they could not get in trouble. Now, the, that kind of power attracts a certain kind of person. Now that that and that is part of the job. One of the other parts of the job, like trying to um, keep the peace or whatever, like blah blah blah. Like there are other parts of policing that you can that you can think about, but like the the fact that it's power, so much power. You are, you are an agent of the state in either in either job, military or police. You were given a gun, and the state tells you, "Go do this. It's fine." That will attract a certain element of people, and we need to do a better job of at least weeding those people out. And the pro- and the another problem with that is because of all of this, all of the anger towards the police, not a lot of people are are joining. Honestly, those pro those people probably they probably shouldn't join anyway. If the, if like everybody's mad at the police and they're like, oh, I don't want to be a cop anymore. That that's that's probably a good thing that those types of people don't join <laughs> don't get and aren't given intense <clears throat> training in how to how to exactly to shoot someone or to or to hurt someone in the name of the state there this was is, a this, this is what rag, radicalizes people guys yeah there was dear listeners <laughs> well given the origin of uh uh the, the roots of of american policing in the uh the old slave patrols Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, racism and, uh, unaccountable violence, uh, that's, a sort of become an endemic problem in American policing is, is hardly surprising. Um, you know, and I, I'm, 
I'm sure you'll agree that we can't separate racism from the problems that are affecting uh, policing in the U.S. Just like we can't separate racism from other problems in the U.S. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, you know, inflation and the housing crisis and, you know, in unequal access to medical care and so forth. But um, I think it's well said, uh, well taken what you're saying. Like they're like the problem you know, expresses itself most often in 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 racially uh, charged ways, but just in general, we do have a problem with uh, police violence, with the police being uh, uh, unaccountable and violent and acting like the military. Um, you know, the military's job is to fight the enemies of the state, and the police are supposed to sort of like enforce the laws and keep order. But when you combine the two, the people start looking like the enemy, and I think that's increasingly what's happening. Um, there was You're uh, quoting you wanted, Battlestar Galactica right there. Uh, the I reboot, hear you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to call that. That's it's I, fun, but true. Look, it's um, not my fault. I don't sound as cool as Edward James almost when I say it. <laughs> so, um, but I, mean, I also just I wanna, do want to hold on. I do want to say like the the military is supposed to fight enemies of the state. The police are supposed to enforce the laws of the state. Yeah. Um, the laws of the state might include keeping the peace, however that is defined. But they don't job, include beating people to death without trial. It and that's maybe well, that's actually <laughs> no, they don't. This is part of the problem. Uh, you know, police uh, as law enforcement. You, you know, it's impossible to uphold the law while you're breaking it, you know, like it's just it's it's one of those things where just like, you know, whatever you're doing, it washes out the other. So, uh, no, I you mean, know, that's it's a I'm, it's a problem. And uh, I think the you're talking about with the kind of people who want to become cops and the kind of people who don't want to become cops. Uh, I, I think it's, it's, I think you're really onto something there. There was, um, an ad campaign a few years ago in New Zealand and New Zealand has the advantage of being a much smaller country geographically. There's like like 10 people there. Yeah. 4 million, but yeah. So, uh, I believe they have like a, basically they've just have a, a national police force. So like if you work for the police, you may be assigned to different places or whatever, but in theory, all the cops are the same police force. So there's um, there was a, an ad campaign to try and change the kinds of people who were applying to be cops in New Zealand, and apparently it had some success. And it's very different in tone. It's not about like, you know, fighting violence and kicking ass and taking names. And, you know, it's very inclusive of lots of different kinds of people. And I think the tagline was, do you care enough to be a cop? Mm. And it's, you know, and uh, that is the kind of thing that I think we need to do here in the U.S. And I just want to, we, we're almost at the halfway pr- point and I don't want to, you know, stop you guys from responding further. But I just want to point out, uh, it's about uh, at least like 15, 20 years ago, um, following elections in Georgia, uh, the the nation in Europe, not the state, Um a new government came in and there were there was just widespread disgust with the uh, inefficiency, brutality, and corruption of cops in the whole country. So the new government came in and fired everyone. Every cool. single cop was fired. And they just hired up Camden, a whole new, new Jersey yeah. too. Yeah. They just said, right, fine. Camden, we're, we're New just, Jersey. 
everybody's out. We're going to hire a whole new set of people. And we're going to look for people who aren't, you know, like anxious to become gun-toting thugs. And, you know, like, like it expresses itself in, in very racist ways in this country because, you know, and in sexist ways because, you know, that's, that's oh, – yeah. those are the big things that stain our culture. But it's also just the kinds of people who want to be, you know, vi- unaccountably violent like that. They're not all white dudes. They're not all men. You know, it's it's all kinds of people from all walks of life can be that sort of person. Mm-hmm. And those seem to be the kinds of people who are drawn into policing and who are increasingly embraced by and rewarded by the culture of policing. And we have to find some way to change things um, because we do still – there is still a time and a place where we need police officers. Like, for example uh, – Imagine how terrible January 6th would have been without brave police officers actually holding the line against the insurrectionists in the Capitol, mm. you know? Like, that that was absolutely a moment where, like, the thin blue line was real and necessary. So, you know, lefty that I am, and yeah, sure, all cops are bastards, sure, but, you know, like, eh, you know, we can't just sort of say, well, we'll just get do without them. Like, no, we can't do without them but boy do we need to change how it works and i'm not an expert so i don't want to say more than that but anyway uh, should we go to ha- break now and come no, back to this or on. no i okay. want to say one more no, thing no no that's fine i just you know <laughs> it's your we your can call. we can end on this please and i want to make sure that that everybody in and out of the show hears this that was incorrect what you said which you the people do enforce the law while breaking the law it's because you can you can't enforce the law while breaking the law if you have consequences of breaking the law. Mm. There are many, many, many instances of people that are supposed to uphold the law and uphold the the rules of the state. And notice, I'm not saying they were supposed to protect us because that's not their job, but they they are supposed to uphold the law but there are many instances where they break the hell out of the law and still are able to do the job their job and they're still able to enforce the law because they don't have any consequences when they do that if we had consequences for people that that broke the law that broke policy that worked in the police department we would have a better law enforcement a law enforcement across the board i think if we actually had consequences if if when people hurt a suspect or something or or did like anything you you sit them down or you put them on leave or something and get them out or punish them because they did a bad thing at their job then then i would say that you were correct but there's no consequences there's no consequences for for people that have guns that have the the power to kill you there there there's a lack of consequences especially in larger police departments and in areas where um they don't vet the police the, the police uh recruits as much so you're right the the there were the capital police um that that protected the the capital but um you could have any sort of you can call a a a sort of people to protect 
a a a place like it could be treasury or something and it, they would still be brave people like this is the sort like i said unless the last thing i'll say this is the sort of thing this situation is the sort of thing that radicalizes people and makes them hate the police this this thing so if the police don't want us to keep saying a cab and don't want us to keep having marches and black lives matter or anything then stop it stop this and we'll stop basically so <laughs> i know it went a little over time but uh we'll be right back i think mike i'm sorry i i thought you were doing it <laughs> oh yes, okay indeed. yeah we'll be right back <laughs> after this uh don't go away Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres, and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical sources off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in a CD or tape player. Each week presenting shows which can at times be organized and orderly, and at other times perhaps be not as much so, yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Hey, this is Wendy, host of Valley Free Radio's Subculture Music Program, featuring new wave, post-punk, indie, and electronic music from the 70s to today. Join me every Friday night from 8 to 10 p.m. here on WXOJ, or stream it live from your favorite listening device at valleyfreeradio.org. The Forbes Library staff would like to remind you of the incredible resource that you have in your local public library. We have tens of thousands of books for you to check out, music CDs, movies, newspapers from around the region, the state, and the country. We have a wide variety of magazines and free computer and internet access every day. We also have our incredible reference services there to help you answer particularly vexing problems. All of this is free, locally available at 20 West Street in Northampton. So come by and check us out in person or at www.forbeslibrary.org or call 587-1011 for more information. to Evidence-Based Radio, Science and Skepticism from a Feminist and Socialist Perspective. Every week, we explore the interesting and important stories in science with a focus on the positive. Friday nights from 6 to 7 on Valley Free Radio, 103.3 FM, or at evidencebasedarada.com. That's 6 to 7 p.m. Fridays on Valley Free Radio. And we're back uh, with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm still Michael. I'm still doing the show with John Rowe and Sue. Uh, it's still Groundhog Day, um, but we're not going to do the same thing all over again for the second half of the show. We're going to switch gears a bit. We are going to go down to Pennsylvania, though, uh, home of Punxsutawney Phil. Six more uh, weeks of winter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's I'm, go. 
I'm I'm going to be minus 30 in New Hampshire this weekend. <laughs> Actual minus worried. 30 or wind chill minus 30? I heard Sununu, uh, Governor Sununu, say that they're very worried about how cold it's going to be, especially far up in New Hampshire. But minus right, 30, but I mean, he's I mean, like minus 30 up on Mount Washington, which is one of the has one of some of the worst weather on the planet is like one thing, you know? Yeah, they it's don't like cite that for their residents, though. They, this this yeah. was the governor saying it's going to be minus 30. You can freeze in 10 minutes. So. You know, sure. you can get hypothermic but in 10 minutes. Again, so. I'm just wondering, is that like with wind chill or just actual, like even he, still air, it's minus 30? But He know. didn't qualify it. He didn't doesn't, qualify it. He it, just said minus 30. It, it <laughs> doesn't matter. It's supposed to be it. really quite brutally cold <laughs> over the weekend, which um, I'm actually kind of happy about um, just because, uh, you know, if we don't get like a good hard freeze for a few days – you know, we're going to have like tremendous problems with ticks and mosquitoes and all kinds of things like that come the warm weather later this year. So, but uh, like I said, we're going to take a take a sort of a look down in Pennsylvania for a moment because uh, the newly elected governor of Pennsylvania, a Democrat whose name I just forgot and I can't see where I wrote it down. So maybe John Rook can remind me in a moment. Pennsylvania, but, the, who, the what in Pennsylvania? Governor? Governor. Mm-hmm. So uh, he uh, recently Josh Shapiro, uh, Josh Shapiro. So yeah, Governor he won Shapiro. against like the white supremacist. Yeah, mm-hmm. quite handily. Um, so Governor Shapiro has made a change to uh, the state's guidelines for hiring people to actually work as employees of the state government of Pennsylvania, uh, specifically. He, in almost all cases, they've eliminated the requirement of a four-year college degree. So uh, I think that's excellent. I mean, I, I have a four-year college degree. Heck, I also have a two-year master's degree, you know, like, uh, you know, but the degree requirement for so many jobs, you know, like I, I've had a bunch of jobs in my life where it didn't matter that I had a college degree. I mean, I was happy about it. Uh, and you know, since my dad was an investment banker and just paid my tuition, I didn't have to worry about it, you know, great. Why not? But, uh, yeah, it's, um, you know, I know plenty of people in my generational cohort who uh, are struggling with still with college debt or the costs of college for their kids and, you know, just general problems because of the high cost of education. And it's only worse for, you know, the folks in their, uh, you know, in their 20s and 30s now, and, you know, much less the teenagers coming up. So, yeah, it's, this is a good move. Uh, because there's, there's plenty of people who don't have college degrees, who are nevertheless, excellent candidates to work for, you know, for public service, and they should absolutely be allowed to do that. And it's a, uh, it's a pointless, in most cases, uh, pointless, uh, barrier to entry that uh, favors, you know, affluent, uh, uh, lazy folks like me. So what do you guys I'm really happy about it. This is great. Everybody should do this. Mm -hmm. This is just um, the best thing that this is not the best thing that could ever happen, but this is a really, really, really great thing because honestly, if it like the, the only reason I have a two year degree is because I, I, I wanted to be able to work. It's a piece of paper that says that I can think. That's the only reason I have it. That's the only reason a lot of people have it. It's a piece of paper mm -hmm. that says this person can do homework. 
and or or think critically or something instead of just you know job experience or something if it's if it's for it like a really like entry level and the and you can use it in instead of job experience that's something yeah but just requiring it for everything that's that's horrible and like you said not everybody can go to college not everybody has the money to go to college and then you have to look at like which college the person went to it's dumb and uh i'm really glad that that uh someone is finally um doing something about it yeah given all the people who've been preyed upon by for-profit schools that didn't actually teach them useful information and saddle them with a lot of debt which the Department of Education should be forgiving much more broadly than it already has. For real. Uh, thank you, Trump administration and Betsy DeVos. But um, <laughs> yeah, uh, this is certainly a, a helpful step in that direction. So sorry, Sue, I think you were about to say something. Yeah, I was just going to say that um, I think a couple of years ago we talked about this and I think somebody, maybe it was George, talked a lot about the value of a liberal Educate liberal arts education and being, you know, sort of rounded and all that. But I agree with both of you totally that um, I've gone back to school like five times and I do it because I like school. You know, I'm I'm interested, but it really has had very little to do with the jobs I have. And in Massachusetts, we are so overeducated. Oh, my God. So you can't even get a job as a waiter. You know, if you don't have like a bachelor's, they just they screen you out. And it's it's time for that to stop. And it's just an artificial barrier to entry. I think you're right, Mike, that it's really about affluent and, you know, finding people that look like you kind of tactic and i i think it's crazy so i'm very that's mm. great and philly yeah. um pennsylvania is a really interesting state because you know it's sort of blue in philadelphia but it's very red in the rest of the state and this is you said the governor that did this no, so, pittsburgh is, you know, is is a democratic stronghold too but is it the steel, oh, steel yeah. center of the world oh yeah but um it's um you know isn't it it's like uh it's um oh, what do they say all the politicians say it. it's like you know boston in philadelphia but it's arkansas in western pennsylvania i think it's like, I've, um, I've heard the middle of the state referred to as pennsylvania mm, yeah, yeah. Pennsylvania. but yeah it's it's um i think usually chris matthews makes comments like that and i think he's from uh, Pennsylvania. So I agree with you both. That, well, I'm that not. So I don't want to. I don't want to denigrate crazy. Pennsylvania. I just. I've heard people say that. I'm not an expert. Well, it's just the the, the politics of it is. You know, the the sort of more like Kentucky and Arkansas. But so it, I got to say, last really... time I was in Pennsylvania, I was actually genuinely impressed by uh, the quality of the food I was able to get at Sheets. So, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a chain I wouldn't mind seeing expanding up to New England. That actually was pretty good. Anyway, sorry. Now, go see, I, I always go to Bookbinders, one of the oldest restaurants in the country. But well, never mind. sure, but I, but Sheets is a, a you can feet, find all over. You know, it's a, yeah, <laughs> I've been in a feet snob. So I I think it's great. I think it's about time. And you know, I we just start. We're just not educating people the right way. It's sort of, I mean, I did take a little offense when you guys were saying the police are really violent and, you know, people that are violent are attracted to be police. I, I always worry about that because I have police in my family and I think the Northampton Police Department does a really good job of accountability and standards and, you know, trying to set 
standards for people. And I think, you know, I don't think police necessarily need a, a master's degree and should be rewarded for it. Um, I think they could, you know, they could take some other classes and, you know, maybe learn some other skills like de-escalation and all that, that stuff. So I think we've got a big mismatch sort of countrywide um, of the kind of things we need people to do, like plumbers and electricians and people that can frame a door. And, you know, all these people that are going and finding out about the history of Western civilization, which yeah. is a good thing to know, but it it's like we've got this yeah. this mismatch. Same with the police. We have a mismatch between sort of what the, you know, the, the specialty units versus the people that are out on the street and make connections with the community. It's just, yeah. you know, I find it to be sort of the same, the same problem. So, yeah, no, I think it's great that they drop the drop the requirement. And uh, sometimes, you know, they say that uh, getting more education shows you can stick to it and do all that. But in my case, it's just because I, I was curious and it's not a I'm not a stick to it. I've changed jobs a million times. So, you know, my my degree in advanced degree has nothing to do with my ability to stay focused on a on a career. So, well, you um, know, my times anyway. in college were a delightful part of my life. I was very happy with them. Yep. But, you know, absolutely. I don't know that it, it they may be a better fit for any particular for well for some jobs maybe but you know like other than teaching and stuff like that I don't know that it make much of a difference so yeah I had yeah, a mental breakdown in college so I didn't I didn't really like it right right um, it's, it's, let's let's not there's no reason there's there's no particular reason why someone should look at you and me genre and sort of be like, well, Mike's got a degree, so we have to hire him. You know, like, I mean, it depends on what the job is, but, yeah. you know, like, like there are at least some jobs you show. and I would both be good choices for, <laughs> and there's no reason to sort of pick me over you just because, you know, like, you know, I've got a college degree. Well, there, I mean, in terms of this show, I'm that, the one with the, you know, the personality failure that makes me want to keep talking over everybody <laughs> and be the center of attention. And you guys are like, you know, fools who, who willingly give up the power of the microphone <laughs> and let me continue to speak and dominate. <laughs> really good there, Mike. That's really great. Um, I do want to, yeah. can I say I something? Just cut my mic, man. It's fine. I want to say something wanted, that's really important. Um, well, first, I want to say that, you know, I just the way that you produce this show genre, it doesn't it doesn't matter. You care and you have skill and you, you know, you grow like every day with all the stuff you do. It's like it just I it just baffles me that people would choose somebody with a degree versus somebody who, you know, cares a lot, knows how to do it and keeps learning. Anyway, that's it. Well, I mean, there are some jobs that I think do do require degrees because it's. Mm -hmm. um like 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 education like you should probably have a degree in education um because you know there there are different strategies different different skills that need to be taught like uh like in a in a certain environment you know like emts working. and nurses should have special training yes yeah like this <laughs> is like licenses they should have yeah. licenses well, yeah. licensing in, in education, like like there, there needs to be reform. Yeah. I do want to go back, um, and I I really I really think this is really important for me to say. Um, I didn't say I made I was very specific. I didn't say that uh, people that are power hungry or whatever those are the people that are attracted. I I was saying that some of the some of the people attracted to policing are those people. 
not everybody who who carries a badge is a horrible person well i know that sure i Um, i i I quite respect chief casper just to pick someone who's been on the show yeah there's there so i just want to like i didn't mean to to insult anybody in your family so i'm sure they're very delightful people um Oh if no, they hated if, being police. They didn't want any part of it. Well, you see, <laughs> they now they're now they're, they're heroes. <laughs> now they're heroes to me. Yeah. Good for them. But I'm just well <laughs> when you know, I'm tempted to say, well then, you know, all people that join the Boy Scouts are interested in boys and you know, all priests XYZ. It it it's just so it, people are so down on the police. I just try and be really well, you know me, granular about how <clears throat> There's there's ways to run departments and there's, you know, places where they're doing a really good job and there's there's skills involved in being a good police chief and and getting the, you know, the command of your officers and the respect and having it be transparent and, you know, having people not report on each other, but it becomes apparent when you have a bad apple oh, and it's it's really a hard time. <laughs> well, that's well, hard to that granularity you like, Sue, is um, entirely relevant because that's part of the issue. I mean, I mentioned New Zealand earlier, you know, and New Zealand, uh, I think more so than a lot of countries, you know, maybe like Japan and the UK are somewhat similar. You know, like there is like sort of a nationalized police force, even if you have like, you know, you're in the particular police department and, you know, you know, Auckland or something like that. Nevertheless, like there is sort of like uh, a national unit. Policing in the United States is much more atomized. It's it's well, it's federalized, literally, you know, like there are federal law enforcement agencies, you know, whether the FBI or the Treasury Department's Secret Service, whatever, you know, there are absolutely federal cops, but we don't, you know, we don't often call them cops. But every city and town. Every city and town and in each state and each is its own little, right. And depending on how the states operate things. Yeah. Yeah. Like in, in states in the South, the county sheriff has a lot of power here in the, in Massachusetts, you know, there technically aren't county sheriffs anymore. I don't think, um, well, maybe there are, well, I mean, sorry, there are county sheriffs, but like they, they just basically handle the, the, the jails, you know, they're not like you know, out there patrolling the streets and arresting right. people and everything like that. It's a very different kind of thing. Um, but the uh, the thing is, like, they're all their own little fiefdoms, you know? So, like, Chief Casper, who's been a guest on our show a couple of times and I think has been very thoughtful and considerate and articulate about uh, – the struggles she's gone through as chief of the Northampton Police Department, looking at balancing like, well, we want to catch people, you know, committing crimes, you know, and 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 investigate carefully and protect people from danger. But at the same time, you know, this this idea to like, let's just put up, you know, surveillance cameras around the the around the center of Northampton that'll pipe directly to the police department. It's like, yeah, OK, but that means that stuff can all be subpoenaed and it can be you know, taken and used by the FBI for larger things. And, you know, the FBI is an agency with a checkered past, shall we say? To say the least. Right, exactly. So there are reasons why people, you know, don't entirely trust the police. 
and and that they're not completely stupid. And so, like, you know, the concern about like how much power uh, uh, and just and how much uh, uh, how many tools are we going to give the police to do things? You know, because, of course, you give someone a, a tool to use for a good reason. They can also use it for a bad reason. And so you need to think about that. So. For, so I just mentioned her as, again because she's been on the show, but she, you know, like I, I'm much less concerned about the the Northampton Police Department than I am about the New York City Police Department. I mean, they do seem to have this long history of just being kind of out of control, and you know, the Memphis Police LA. Department clearly has some, and L.A. A classic example. Uh, you know, they've had lawlessness, and you know. Uh, uh, machine gun squads running loose in the streets for a hundred years. Yeah. Um, so I mean, let's. Um, so so it, it's 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 atomized. It's different. It's hard to fix it overall because it's kind of you kind of do it one little piece at a time. Yeah. Sorry. So go ahead, please. No, I was just saying. I was just saying that. Like, I just wanted to make sure that Sue knew that I didn't. I wasn't trying to insult any. Um, like family but clearly i wasn't because they, they hated me <laughs> <laughs> well, and the other, the other um, family member i think went to work in the court system after about 10 years with you know police right. police duty it, but it's i i i know how you actually feel so i was more just sort of correcting it in the record for our listeners because i know you guys don't feel that Every police department, every policeman is like that. I just wanted to sort of push back on it a little bit so it could be clarify how you guys really feel. So, yeah, they, not every police department is like that. They have the propensity to do that. It, it is a temptation, it's which they, but it's a temptation which I think is, you know, any police officer really around the world, you know, faces. You know, like the, the, the Metropolitan Police de uh, Department in London. Uh, has had a number of recent scandals where, uh, uh, you know, there have been sexual assaults by cops, uh, and some of those cops are like, you know, like they like their nickname in the, in the department is, you know, was McRapist, for example, and it's like, oh, so you guys knew that they had a really bad attitude and were a potential, you know, potential danger to the public, and you just laughed it off. Oh, okay, all right, you know, and there was a woman named. Um, uh, Susan Everard, who was actually murdered by a serving police officer, and the other other officers in the department had had real doubts about him and his propensity for violence for years, and he was still basically allowed to run around loose, and he kidnapped and murdered her, and that's led to a huge outcry. And of course, it is worth noting the London Police Department, you know, the the Metropolitan Police Department. Uh, isn't armed for the most part. Like these people are still going out and, and, and being violent and dangerous and abusive and they don't have guns. So, mm. you know, it'd be, it'd be worse if they did. So anyway, wasn't it one of the, one of their elite units that just got, there was one scandal in one of the elite units that is armed. I forget which unit it was in, in uh, London, but Could I think be. one of those oh, scandals right. affected them. Yeah, could be. There so have been there have been a number of of uh, uh, scandals, and it's been a sort of an ongoing problem. Um, yeah, so we're almost at the end of the the, the well, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're standards. almost at the end. But yeah, so, so accreditation standards. The U.S. cops, I 
genre maybe can do some research and throw this in the show notes, but I believe I've seen that uh, the standards for training, uh, which obviously vary from place to place in the United States because we're our big federalized country, but um, on average, cops in the U.S. get a lot less uh, education and training than police in other countries like you know, Germany or New Zealand or t- Japan. Or well, are you talking about hours or quality? Uh, just simple hours of training, you know? Yeah, it's Which not, it's not quality as quality matters think. too, but it, it, but also there's just a certain amount of like, how much training are you getting? And also like a lot of U.S. Uh, police officer training involves training with firearms and things like that. And I'm not saying don't treat, teach people about firearms, especially if they're going to be carrying one, but you know, the gun should be the last resort. So there should be a lot more training on, you know, de-escalation and conflict resolution and whatnot. Academy. Um, which, um, which we've said before. So, yeah. Your time at the academy can go between 13 and 19 weeks. Okay. That's it can last not nothing. six months. All right. That's not nothing, but that's still, you know, that's... And sometimes they prefer people with military yeah. um, experience, so they get points for that and... You know, yeah. points for a master's degree and points for. I just, I do think that it's to some degree, it's. Um, well, degree. Uh, there are very few folks have a um, have accreditation in their police department, and I forget whether it's yeah. like three out of a hundred or less. But you know, that's an attempt to standardize, just like hospitals did with uh, JCO, Joint Commission yeah. on Accreditation of Hospitals. They, they, they tried to do that too, so that there'd be because every hospital is its own fiefdom. And, um, you know, they wanted to improve the, the quality. So, I mean, yeah. these are issues for all kinds of organizations. My crazy radical notion is that uh, we should uh, 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 tie accreditation to things like uh, insurance coverage or whatever, because uh, the more expensive things, you know, things get, uh, you know, the private insurance industry, let, let them try and sort out the police, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I reform the Reform the, the, what is that? Like, you can't sue uh, civilly? You can't sue a cop civilly? What is that? Oh, uh, qualified um, immunity. Yeah. Yeah, get rid of that. Yeah. At least reform it. You gotta get Tim Tim Scott on the other side of that, because he's the one that deep six that. When oh, they did geez. the um, Leonard Safety and Security Policing Act, and they didn't pass it, Tim Scott oh. held it up no, because of qualified it, immunity. It's understandable that Tim yeah. Scott didn't really... What it wasn't really like on top of that. He's way, way too busy tap dancing. Anyway, um, thanks for everybody oh, for what a uh, racist thing to say. Thank you for everybody for uh, for joining us on civil politics. Am I right, Mike? Yeah, uh, that we are indeed going to have to like tap dance off screen uh, uh, with that note. Coming up next is uh, subculture, uh, followed by table of contents at ten and OK Asia at midnight. Uh, we got a repeat broadcast here on Valley Free Radio, Mondays at 4 p.m. And the podcast of this show will be out there tomorrow morning. So listen to us all over again at your convenience. That'll do it for now, though. Thanks for listening. Good night. Civil Politics is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com.